This is Green Seas, the podcast by Tradewinds about the environment and the business of the ocean. I'm Eric Priante Martin. You've heard about carbon offsets. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into something different carbon insets for shipping. Titan, a company in the Netherlands that sells shipping fuels, has a digital wallet on the platform of an outfit called 123 Carbon. What's in that wallet? Recently, Titan worked with 123 Carbon to create tokens that represent the greenhouse gas emissions reductions from using the company's fuels, liquefied natural gas or LNG, and much greener liquefied biomethane. Those tokens are called insets, also known as book and claim tokens. This is Tom DeRyder, who works in business development at Titan. We're not only a fuel provider, we're also a decarbonization pathway and compliance provider. So we, yeah, we provide two things, energy and, and decarbonization potential, so carbon reductions. And in that sense, one carbon reduction is not the same as the other one. There's different purposes for it. So it could be for compliance purposes with regulations coming up, but it could also be for consumer disclosure in your yearly CSR reporting. So in that sense, we're always uh, yeah, discovering uh, new, uh, new interesting uh, potential uh, initiatives. And, and I'm definitely uh, sure that, that the carbon market will have lots of different parties and flavors. Uh, uh, but right now we see uh, one to three carbon as the party that is actually able to completely transparently uh, set out the complete uh, chain of where these carbon reductions are allocated to. And in that sense, uh, we see a lot of value in uh, collaborating with them. You've probably heard of offsets, which have been around for decades. Offsets allow companies, rather than reduce their own carbon footprint, to pay for emissions reductions somewhere else, such as by investing in projects that plant trees or, and this really happened, that save whales. But in shipping, offsets are not seen as a path forward in the long term, in part because they don't actually reduce the industry's emissions and they sometimes can be cheap relative to the cost of reducing emissions within the sector, making them an easy out. And that's where insets come in. Insets allow companies to pay for emissions reductions within shipping's value chain. Jeroen van Heiningen is founder and managing director of 123 Carbon. When I asked him to explain what insets are, he said it all starts with the shipper, the customer of a shipping company. Shippers may want to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions in line with the Paris Agreement, for example, by signing up to the trajectory set forth by the Nonprofit Science-Based Targets Initiative, or SBTI. But that organization doesn't want companies to reduce the carbon footprint of their supply chain by buying offsets. They want you to go into your supply chain and make changes, shorten them or decarbonize them. And an insetting is a proof that a reduction has taken place within your value chain which means that it is relevant to the business that you're in and the emissions that you're trying to reduce. Typically also at some higher costs because the an offset is typically quite, quite cheap, but the insets typically represents the real cost of that decarbonization. But why not just go out and buy some low emissions freight? It's just not that easy. Supply chains are complex. If a big shipper needs to start reducing its supply chain, it needs to interact with thousands sometimes of carriers, which makes it difficult to, to decarbonize. Um, sometimes they are active in a region 
where decarbonization is not possible, or they're working with a carrier where decarbonization is not possible, or they don't have the power to decarbonize. Or imagine a smaller company that might want to ship a few containers on a vessel that can carry 20,000 of those boxes. They're not going to convince the carrier to take on green fuels just for them. And if you look at it from the container ship operator's perspective, they might want to build a vessel that runs on green fuels, but their customers don't want to pay for the higher cost. From a vessel owner perspective, it allows them to better recover the cost of his investment. If he's moving into a biomethanol vessel and has a higher capex, a higher investment, but his customers aren't willing to pay, he is either stuck with that premium or he can't purchase that vessel. If he has the option to look for other buyers out there that are willing to pay that premium to recover his cost, they can accelerate on the decarbonization. So insets are a way to close the gaps between shippers that want to pay for greener freight and shipping companies that want to monetize their investments in green fuels and green technologies. And that in turn greases the wheels of decarbonization. The ability to begin selling inset tokens took a big step toward taking shape in June when the Smart Freight Center, a nonprofit organization, crafted a framework for book and claim systems in the transportation sector. The Green Seas newsletter has previously reported that 123 Carbon started working with ship operator Norden to begin selling carbon insets. And now the company has recently started working with Titan. As a provider of alternative fuels, Titan can sell its insets to cover the direct greenhouse gas footprint of the ship operator, what is known as Scope 1 emissions, and for the indirect Scope 3 emissions of the freight buyer. And those insets have to factor in more than just carbon dioxide. LNG is made of methane and it's a potent greenhouse gas when it's leaked into the atmosphere. Titan's tokens will factor in methane emissions from ships, and some vessels that have engines that are prone to methane slip won't qualify. There's always this share of fuel that's, that's not really burned, that emits uh, into the atmosphere, and has a, has a global warming potential. So in that sense, that's translatable into CO2 equivalents. So we see that definitely as a, as a technological issue, uh, we see that there's a, a lot of improvements being made. But still, of course, when uh, accounting for your carbon emissions, you should include these uh, within your calculations. So also, insetting is based on a, on a well-to-wake approach. So it's the full uh, upstream and downstream uh, emissions uh, expressed in, in carbon dioxide equivalents. When we are insetting LNG, we are targeting partners in which we can actually prove that the engine technology they're using, uh, that we can actually really prove that minimally we have this reduction achieved. Another key thing about insets is that this is a voluntary market. It's in addition to any regulatory requirements. So as shipping enters the European Union's emissions trading system, they're a different type of carbon credit than the ones that ship operators will be required to buy starting next year. Where is the demand for insets coming from? Derider pointed to the growing need by companies to report their Scope 1 and Scope 3 emissions. That will be required for many companies under the EU's new Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. Lots of, of large corporations are already disclosing uh, their sustainability reports every year, ESG reporting. So all those sorts of, of consumer uh, disclosure-related markets, those will be the big markets that will actually make use of these insetting reductions, and then the carriers, the shippers, and the solution providers, the fuel providers, they will actually uh, be the ones that can originate them. As I was working on this episode, I began noticing a lot of negative headlines about offsets. 
In one recent study, offsets based on preventing deforestation were found to overstate their climate impact. In the US, the Commodities Futures Trade Commission issued a warning about the potential for fraud in carbon offset markets. How can the nascent shipping inset market avoid this minefield? How can shipping companies and their customers have confidence that insets truly represent the emissions reductions that they say they do? Guillaume de Roy is commercial director at Verifavia, a company that is working with 123Carbon to verify that they do just that. He told me that there's a key difference between insets and offsets. Offsets promise decarbonization in the future based on assumptions, and you can't verify what's going to happen. But insets contain data that provides factual proof of actual decarbonization. The big advantage of INSET is that uh, they can be verified, that offer a higher level of compliance to the effectiveness of it, while uh, offsets can only be validated. So if you ask me uh, in the shipping industry, how can we um, give confidence into INSETs? I reply to the question by saying, what is an INSET already? Then there is third party like Verifavia, uh, who prioritize um, emissions integrity and we have uh, stringent standards, we have uh, uh, we engage industry-wide and uh, we promote all the reports that will be transparent. Titans de Reuter told me that insets are effectively a data exchange. And this whole data exchange, that's, that's where the value lies. So that's why we also chose to collaborate with 123Carbon because their platform actually allows you to have a full view on where this inset originated from, which bunkering was actually related to it, what calculation methodology, where does the data come from? So where do the underlying emission factors, where do they originate from? Is it model data or is it, or is it actually monitor data? So in that sense, there's full transparency in, in where it actually came from. 123Carbon's insets are built on an alphabet soup of frameworks and standards to ensure that the fuel involved delivers the expected benefits and how much carbon each ton of that fuel should represent. One standard that is yet to be worked out is how to report the emissions reductions from insets in a company's annual carbon reporting. But the Smart Freight Center is working with SBDI to figure that out. For Van Heiningen, ensuring the integrity of insets is key. After all, even though they're voluntary carbon credits, he thinks they're not just a nice-to-have to tackle shipping's carbon footprint. We need insetting. There's no other way for ship owners to allocate their costs to their customers and ensure the acceleration that we need to meet our targets. Here's more on the environment and the business of the ocean. The Green Seas newsletter reported on a new wind power ship that can help reduce the carbon intensity of the rocket launcher supply chain. The hybrid vessel, propelled by four wing sails and two diesel engines, is about to begin its first wind-propelled voyages, under a 15-year contract carrying launcher parts from Europe to French Guiana. After construction of Lucano Pay was completed in December, the Roro vessel has now been outfitted with ocean wing sails built by IRO. Get the newsletter in your inbox by signing up at tinyurl.com slash greenseas. My colleague, Paul Peachy, reported that a salvage team had successfully cleaned the tanks of a decaying tanker that had been abandoned off Yemen for years. Boscala said the team from its Smith salvage unit left for Djibouti after helping to moor a replacement for the FSO software. The ship had been at risk of breaking apart and spilling its oil cargo until a UN-led operation stepped in. Read Paul's story at tradewindsnews.com. 
and Recharge reported that the only wind turbine installation vessel under construction in the U.S. has fallen behind schedule after spiraling costs. The delays mean the ship will cost $625 million instead of the original $500 million, and it won't be done in time for its first intended project. Read about it at rechargenews.com. Music for this episode is by Top Flow Production from Pixabay.